Welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Now, I'd like to start off with some apologies. I give our listeners my sincerest apologies for leaving you in the hands of my co-host last week. They were clearly rudderless and in dire need of their captain to steer the ship. Um, so my apologies for that. Uh, there's some ridiculous antics there, but um, we'll correct as much as we can tonight. Speaking of those lost lambs, uh, I am joined by the men themselves, Harry and Nelson. How are we, lads? And how are the excitement levels build as we build towards kickoff? Man, I'm, I'm pretty good. Look, I, I think this podcast has got to a worse worse start than last week, but uh, hopefully we can fix it when you stop talking. But, um, yeah, look, I'm very excited. We've got some trials this weekend. Footy is upon us, so I've got the tingles in the places I shouldn't. Harry? Yeah, um, I, I had a great time last week talking about footy without you, and fair to say I'm looking forward to the end of this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys felt like it was uncensored. You know what I mean? You just could, you could let loose. You could just we, up the Boshi family for, for hours. Well, the, the thing was, I'll give you credit, we, you didn't. But um, we just we could squeeze so much like facts and info in because we didn't have to listen to you waffle on. No, people good. are just there for my opinion. Just to understand, but uh, no, very good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited as well. We got footy tomorrow, the Tars trial game. Uh, very professional. There, I'll turn that off. Um, You've got to uh, download the Clutch Sports app or something to be able to watch it. But, um, yeah, Clutch TV. I've already already gone on that, so it should be good. But tonight's pod. Um, for, let's get into the menu. Uh, for Entree, we're going to make our predictions on who will be the top of the Australian fantasy players across Super Rugby AU and the Trans-Tasman competition. So that's average points at the end of those seasons. Uh for main course, we will be deep diving into the five Aussie franchises, uh, all their ins and outs, their best lineups, and keeping you up to date with our fantasy stock market. And uh, for dessert, we will uh, be giving our predictions for the conference rankings. So and who will make the Super Rugby AU final uh, and how the Australian teams will fare in the Trans-Tasman um, and so on. And any listener questions that we have got in. So, Warata- oh, the Waratahs flag coming out. Uh, for those of you who are, are not, uh, who are listening, uh, of course, you can catch us on YouTube and get up to the site at draftrugby.com. Lots of exciting things coming up. Yeah, no no awards for uh, picking who we go for. It's true. If, uh, if you haven't by now, then um, yeah, it's all right. We have sky blue glasses on at all times. All right, let's get into it. The on-track. Um, predictions for top three fantasy players uh, of the Australian Conference. Uh, unique. We can't pick the same players. And for missing last week's pod, I have been given the honour of going last. So um, very exciting. Uh, but look, first of all, in 2020, how about we talk, How about we go through what we predicted? Nelson, what did you predict in 2020? Uh, I predicted Tate McDermott to be top, and he was the top. So that was correct. Um, I also predicted Pattaya and Fainga. So both pretty pretty solid players. Pattaya, 36. Nelson gets to go first. 
Was that does Nelson still to go first, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and he picked the thirty-second and twenty-fifth picked as well. But well done for uh, Tatey uh, McDermott. That's a, that's a good call. I think I think an injury to to Pattaya probably threw a bit of a spanner in the work. He, he came off the bench a handful of times at the start of the Super Rugby AU time there. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure who would pick a bloke coming off the bench. But having said that, I'm pretty sure Tate came off the bench a fair bit and still was the number one average. So yeah, it's all right. Look, it wouldn't be a Nelson justification without an excuse. So um, all, all three of mine played. That, I'll just put that out there. Very good. All right. Well, uh, he's leading leading me on. So I picked second, and uh, one of the players I picked did not play. Uh, Isaac Lucas instead. Uh, shall we just say opted for another path and um, did not play any Super Rugby. So we did yes. we did make these picks um, before the original uh, Super Rugby before COVID as well. So this is not made in the COVID break. So I think you can be forgiven for thinking that he might get some more game time. Uh, before he left the Reds. <laughs> yes, and obviously I'm the one who buys into the hype train. I was looking forward to Zappi Lucas, but um, no, my other picks were Tom Banks, who ended up worse than any of mine. To put it average out. of 33. No, 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 he was the 33rd ranked Aussie. Oh, okay, excellent. That's um, his well, average was 29. And I uh, also picked Mark Nwanganitawasa. Nwanganitawasa, you can't even say his name, and he got an average of 13. Too far down to count. That's obviously why he didn't. He couldn't hear me because I was saying his name incorrectly, so he didn't know that I was yelling at him at the Tars games. We'll move so on. I I'll start with my my best pick, Isi Nasarani. Despite a slow start, ended up coming eleventh overall for the Aussies. Currently, Beal, who obviously left in the COVID break, so. I still think he was a shoe in but uh, I've been unlucky there. And then I picked Choo Choo as the uh, last pick as a possible smoky. Horrible. He, he only had a 21 average, didn't do too well. But uh, Western probably, Force, maybe a new lease on life. He might not have been top 50, 21. He, um, I'm surprised by seeing that pick. He's normally uh, in my camp. But he, he also did go on to lose me uh, our fantasy uh, final last year. I had to pick one of my final players and put my faith in the Choo Choo. And if you remember, in the Super Rugby AU final last year, he dropped a ball right over the try line um, to basically lose me. We paid him to do it. That was great. But um, no, okay, very good. interesting picks there. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's amazing how much changed before, you know, the, the, all the abridged competitions that went through last year. Um, Let's get on yeah. with it, Craigs. Come on, and mate. It's exciting to see what we picked this year. So I'm going last. Harry, you're up first. Uh, who are you picking in 2021? I've learnt from my mistake. Tate McDermott, number one. My he, success. He's a shoo-in. Uh, number two, I'm going to go Filippo Dungunu. I think he was electric last year. And then Harry Wilson as well. He started the year so strong, kind of faded a little bit in the back end of Super Rugby. I think this year his work rate will just be consistent all the way through and that'll be the top three <laughs> fantasy picks, I think. I think that's got um, that's got a pretty good shout to it. Tate, Tate McDermott, I won with him last year, right? And the other two, I think they'll be right up there. It's interesting you've gone for all Reds players. They are the most exciting of the Aussie teams. So there you go. Uh, I've gone with Jake Gordon. He uh, he had a really solid season last year. Um, there's a bit of time he was injured. He was out of it. I think he's going to have a really solid time and step up as a leader. Now the, the captain of the Waratahs. Jack Dempsey, he finished the season on a real, real solid high. Um, a little bit of a disrupted season. Didn't make the Wallabies. It's his last last chance, I reckon, before he heads offshore. So he's pretty exciting. And then Jordan Pattaya. Yeah, he's a hot oh. shit. So if he, if he can stay injury-free, I think he's going to be right up there. Craigs, I reckon I could pick a couple of yours. 
I'll, look, I'll give you the stab. Uh, the floor's open. See if you can Rinovale, get it. Rinovalu, Tanel Tupo, and Kata. <laughs> nah, for Lafinga. Yeah. Well, combined out of those three, you picked two of them. Um, Was it so both me? Who's the odd one out? Who'd you go? Come on. Vunavalu so, uh, and uh, Falafinga. Oh, you're not got Tupo. That's silly, mate. I do love Tupo. I just discussed that uh, I will not be making the same mistake in the draft last year. I will be getting in my fantasy team. Mm. Even if I have to pick him second, I don't care. He's going to my team. But um, no, Vunavalu, I'm just hype trained, you know, standard me. The man looks like a machine. Uh, he's enormous and an incredible athlete. He's going to be scoring tries on the wing for the Reds for okay. sure. Uh, for Laufringer, I think um, he'll be even hungrier. Than, I think he'll be hungrier than he's ever been, just because he kind of fell out of the starting position in the Wallabies jersey. Uh, and whilst the Brumbies certainly have more attacking weapons, I think that's still going to be using the role more. So, um, and my third pick, Tom Wright. I just think uh, a player who has been um, getting better and better, and I'm excited to see what he can bring. So, I almost pick. yeah, I almost picked him. I think he's a pretty good shout. He had some really solid games last year. Better for the, all of his experience too. Exactly. All right. Well, let's um, we'll see how those go uh, this time next year. But um, and hopefully, I get to pick first. Next time. So very good. Uh, Make sure you write them down so we can keep you accountable as well. I, I was actually just starting to write them. I, I will as soon as I pass on the baton to you, as it were. So for the main course, let's do just that. Mm. Um, we're going to go through each of the five Super Rugby <clears> teams, <throat> significant ins and outs, the best starting fifteen, if all available in our opinions, and just the stock markets, rising and falling stocks uh, who are excited about, et cetera. So who wants to kick us off with the Brumbies? Look, I'll, I'll kick us off with our new faces. Uh, an exciting one, Nick White, off the back of his Wallabies form. I mean, he had some really brilliant games, especially early on for the Wallabies last year. Technically was in the squad <clears> after <throat> COVID break, but yep. um, but not really <clears throat> in there to actually play game time. With, with Powell, he didn't really get any game time. I think he did come off. The bench a couple of times in the back end of it, but he he'll be thrust back in starting starting um, half back and get some some bulk minutes. So he's a big big exciting one for them. Also James Tucker coming across from the Blues as a lock, and he will be listed as a lock, but can cover the back row. I think we saw him do it in the Mitre Ten Cup this year, and I think he'll be another exciting one for them. Um, Aussie born, yeah, yeah. So that's that's another positive sign there. But he grew up in uh, New Zealand, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then another one I haven't highlighted him here, but I'll just throw his name. I don't, I don't think we'll see him, but if we do, I'm excited. Uh, Billy Pollard, there's just a stack of good hookers in the Brumbies, and it is really unfair for the rest of Australia. Give that manager yet another club, and he could be something really, really promising. I know it's kind of a sorry champ to Connell McInerney, who has been great, but um, you really want to bring him off the bench, don't you? Yeah, other, yeah, exactly. Other ones, Reese Tapine, who's come across. I think he was a bit of a leaguey. Um, Archer Holtz uh, from Eastern Suburbs, Tidehead Prop. Um, we've also got Tom Hooper, who's a lock. Luke Reimer, uh, Rory Scott, and Lachlan Albert. So a few few new names, but we won't get to see many of them. And, and, and Reimer and Scott are both, um, I think, open side flankers where they're kind of lacking a little bit. So they might, you know, we might see one of them. Well, yeah. it's the problem. 
Yeah, big losses for them this year. You got <clears> the Choo Choo we mentioned before, Tavita Kurundrani, who has gone over to the Western Force. Uh, shorter start over there. You got Tony Pulu, who we didn't get to see a lot of for the at the Brumbies, but again over to the Force. Will Miller, surprisingly, after what I would call a breakout year last year, has retired early to go work on his farm. So I'm not not sure how that's come about, but really disappointing. I hope I hope all the best for him. Lachlan McCaffrey, um, one of my favourite loose forwards in in Australian Super Rugby, uh, has gone over to Japan. And then you've got Joey Powell, who we've mentioned going overseas as well to a lesser overseas, to Rebels. There's yeah. no seas between Canberra and Melbourne. After the COVID outbreak, we did we would like to cut off Victoria. Just go there was some talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you got to go over those. It's just as hard. <laughs> That's right. Uh, a couple other names, maybe not to be missed quite as much, but uh, Shambek Labui, Murray Douglas, Blake, and ever and ever play. <laughs> Uh, Guy Porter, all gone as well. So some decent bench kind of options there for them as well. Where did Zui go? I was excited about Zui. There's a lot of hype train about him. I think he's going to Japan, isn't he? Yeah, the Mitsubishi Dynabores. He never got used in the uh, Natars and then just didn't get used in the Brumbies. I was excited yeah. for him to be Alan Alatoa's backup. Really yeah, look, I, I, I thought he'd gone across there with a, you know, a sight to the future and, and build into that squad. I think there was a big move to leave from the Waratahs. Um, probably the right move with some of the talent that's there as well. But I think he's just been stuck there and he's probably wanted some game time and he took an opportunity. But hopefully we see him back in Australia at some point. There's big contracting issues for all these teams as well. You know, there's word that the players were being told pre-COVID before we got some TV rights kind of locked in that they should look for overseas options as well. So I think we've lost a lot of players for at least short term because of that. But he's very young, you know. I think Leslie Leua-Macon, who ruptured his Achilles last year, will be back as well. So there's more propping depth in the Brumbies. So uh, maybe he's gone for a couple of years and hopefully we get to see him when he gets back for his best years. And they've got some good young prospects, I think, from Canberra, Tom Ross and Harry Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, well, should we get into the best 15 then? Um, but I, I'll take us through the forwards. Uh, and we can kick on through yeah, that. Thanks, John. Yes, the, uh, uh, James Slipper, uh, who will be sharing time, obviously, with Scott CEO, but Slipper's your number one. Blaufinger and Alan Alatoa obviously pick themselves. Uh, Darcy Swain and either James Tucker or Nick Frost were, were putting in that second slot um, for lock. And the back row, Valentini, Cusack, and Samuel, I think they're pretty established and, again, kind of pick themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we said it, we talked about Jerome Brown and we really liked him in the Munster mix, but um, probably not starting, I'd say. So, yeah. Uh, moving into the, the backs, we touched on him. Nick White, going to be influential for them, linking up with Noel Alessio. Um, got a bit of time together, I think, for the, for the Wallabies as well. Solomon Akata and Tom Wright. We suspect on the wings there could be differences there. Harry might touch on it in a minute with Ira Simone and Len Ikatao, uh, who we think it could be his year. Could have a big one with Tom Banks at fullback. Yeah, and and Nelson takes us very well to our first big question for the Brumbies, which is: Is Solomon Akata going to be spending time at outside centre? Um, and if so, does that mean that they get Muirhead more game time on the wing? So. I think slowly but surely Muirhead is winning me over as a far more talented player than I would have liked to let on for a couple of years. He just has the ability to continually finish and deliver, uh, probably in the same vein as Sean Wainui. You just don't think he's that good, but he just constantly overperforms. 
Um, my gut feeling is that he's going to get some game time in the centers this year as well. <clears throat> Probably his best position, but surely Leonard Cattell is, is the first in line for that jersey. Do you think you really think that his best position is, is at outside center over, over wing? Because I think he's just his best is the wing. Well, he, he, he could be, depends on how he's used, he could be a brilliant center. I don't yeah. think he's dynamic enough at, at wing, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't need to be, mate. He's he's the one-on-one king. Just put someone in front of him, put him in a one-on-one. He's going to. Yeah, the, the thing go. about those those centers, those, those wingers are, you know, they have a lifespan, you know, and and then they head offshore, and I'm pretty no, it's sure, not that exciting. I'm pretty sure Takeli Nairogoro was the the king of big wingers, and Still? he never made the international side for more than a test. So that's true, Harry. You and I were there begging him not to leave, and still my. Jersey, the only signature on it front center is Naira Moros, and it will stay that way. It's because it took up the whole whole shirt, yeah. That was the biggest loss to the Warriors, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, What's the yeah, next question, Craig? Next question uh, ongoing progression of Mac Hansen, someone that uh, really lit it up last year, um, and we're very excited about. Um, is he going to get more game time? Where is he going to get more game time? So he's played fullback, he's actually played a bit of 10, he's obviously a fantastic bench option. Um, yeah. I would love to see him play. I just don't know where. You know, he's obviously going to come off the bench, but um, yeah, he's, he's a great young talent, and I mean, it, you just want to see him keep developing and and getting used there because he could be a sad one to see just sit on the bench, you know, for the next handful of years because he he could, you know, he's got something special about him. I think at um, what is he? He's only twenty two years old. Chances are he's only going to get a lot of game time if you see an injury or two to the outside yeah. backs. I think Muirhead's probably the first off the bench for them. Um, Lenny Gattel will definitely be on the bench if he's not starting. So I think he's probably just one step too far mm. back to get a bulk oh, yeah. of game time. But, yeah, he's a, he's a very good player and he can score some fantasy points as well. In a competition where you can't really hold injured players, he could be a very good late pick. Yeah, the, the only way I think we're going to see him is doesn't have to be a few injuries. Tom Banks has to be injured. I was. I, I agree with you completely. Um, I think you know. I said he did. He did find himself playing a game or two of ten, but obviously the Brumbies have three tens, so they're plenty of depth there. So I think you're right. It's either Tom Banks gets injured, or they play him against the Force. Who knows? Uh, he play on the wing, couldn't he? He could, but as you said, Muirhead's ahead of him. Yeah, then you put him on the bench. All right. Look, I firmly have him above Muirhead, but I have most people above him. So yeah, um, let's move on with the next question. Who, who plays in that stacked? Uh, lock the outside lock position. We've got Darcy Swain as the uh, you know, the the loose head lock, yeah, and then the tight head lock. Who is it? Is it Tucker? Is it Frost? Um, is it Neville? I hope not. Can I just ask, did you write this question or did I? Uh, which one of us decided they had stacked locks? Yeah, I was, thank you. I was like, am I gonna let this go? Really? Like, you wrote this down. <laughs> oh, but no, the, the question is. I mean, it's definitely not stacked, but just, who plays that second? Nelson sounds like the kind of bloke who'd be like, yeah, the Wallabies are stacked with locks. You know what I mean? We have so oh, many. They are. They're all overseas. I also didn't say they were stacked. I said out. Kagi, Kagi what do you reckon? Um, well, look, for me, Nick Frost. Uh, I've already said I love Nick Frost, but I can confirm we are not stacked with locks. The Brumbies are not stacked with locks. Thank um, you for confirming that again. I, Harry, who I, actually, I, I had temporarily forgotten about Caden Neville, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if Caden Neville is a, is a starter, just a kind of old season's head um, with uh, starting with Darcy Swain and they bring a combination of Tucker and Frost off the bench. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. But um, for mine, Frost is really exciting. He's my he's, he's the one I'm most excited about in the locking. Um, so I hope we see more and more of him. 
I mean, he's he's exciting, but I think it looks like he'll be the last out of those four to get a lot of game time. I reckon they've brought Tucker over to give him game time. Uh, I, I hope that Tucker is in battle with Neville for a starting spot, but I think more likely you'll see both of them starting. I think that's what we saw last year with Murray Douglas to our own disappointment as well. But um, Darcy Swain surely getting some more game time, and I think Frost is probably going to continue to develop and just get his few moments. Yeah. Without having seen any footage of James Tucker actually playing a rugby, I just looked him up and looked at his photo. Mate, he looks like Blake he never playing 2.0 to me. No, mate. Look, re- realistically, he was, he was pretty promising when he was um, at the, in, in the Kiwi sides a, f- a handful of years ago. I think he's, he's quite a decent lock, so hopefully he gets some good game time. But hopefully they start to, you know, build and, and give, um, give Frost some game time by the back end of the year. Tucker's got a Kiwi accent, mate, so he can't be Blake and ever play 2.0 because he's clearly better already with that alone. Do you want to jump on that next question, Harry? Sounds yeah. Good. So does Lachlan Lodigan leapfrog Connell McInerney for the number 16 jersey? And does Billy Pollard get his first taste of Super Rugby this year? What it, What's the order here? McInerney was in the Wallabies squad last year as well, so there's obviously some raps in him. But far out, Lachlan Lonigan and Billy Pollard are exciting young prospects. What do you guys think? Oh, we'll start with Kagi on this one because he's the front rower. you got 10 seconds. It's true. Uh, I think, no, look, they'll reward Connell McInerney for the years he's been there. If you're banking the Wallabies spot, he'll be on the bench the whole time. We'll be lucky if we see um, Lachlan get uh, one or two games off the bench. That's what I think. Well, my opinion is uh, I think they'll they'll start probably with Connell McInerney to be the the starter by the end of the year. There's a chance Lockie Lonigan's going to be there for the last couple of games. He's just an exciting player for me. I know it's a huge call. So your call is by the end of the season, Flowerfinger is their third choice. No, though. no, starting like as in out of those two. No, no. You as in he goes starting. Yeah, out of those two, like he's going to be on the bench. He'll be in the, <laughs> definitely not starting. He'll be on the bench. Over Connell McInerney right, by the okay. end of the year, I, I think if he if he shows what he did in his one or two occasions, look, it'd be really unfair to McInerney, but he is an exciting prospect moving forward. I I think you've got to give it to McInerney to start, but at, you know, twenty one years old, he's very exciting. Billy Pollard, I'd be surprised if we see him this year. I'd love to see him this year, but I don't know how you fit all of them into to that <laughs> that side. Lachlan Lonigan's only twenty one years old, man. I reckon he's developing this year again. I reckon he'll be developing always. Billy Pollard, he's 19, mate. We're not seeing him play this year. He's no, I don't play. think we'll see Billy Pollard. But, uh, yeah, as we said, I think we'll be lucky to see Lockie on in two games, and hopefully we do, because uh, he's amazing. So, so the- right, rounding out the last question of the Bruns, uh, will we see Pasatoa, one of my favourite 10s, uh, as a 10-12 reserve, or will he be stuck behind Bailey Quinzel, who, based on last year, you'd have to say is still kind of firmly number two? Yeah, I mean, you, you've got the height and weights there. I, I don't know who wrote that down. They're, they're both pretty similar size blokes, 185, 186 centimetres. But Rishan Pasatoa was already 96 kilos. And I thought Kunzel was a, a big guy at 92 kilos. So that, that impresses me, actually. And Pasatoa, I can say, hands down, is faster and more agile by a long way than Kunzel. Yeah, look, I, I, I really do like Bailey Kunzel, and I think he was quite good in his chances. I, I don't think he has the same level, you know, same roof of potential as I think Pasatoa does. It'll be interesting. I think the Brumbies do like to reward, reward people, but 
I mean, oh, surely you got to give Pasatoa some chances this year, and if he takes those chances, he could be in that bench spot. And, and it makes more sense as well, right? Like, you got to expect that Noah Alessio is going to play most of the minutes at 10. They're not going to be subbing him off. So by having Pasatoa, you cover a couple of different positions at least. Yep. What, what's the bet that uh, Pasatoa, another year or two of development, signs back to Queensland as soon as old James O'Connor starts retiring, and uh, he's an absolute weapon by then, and the next best, uh, next top flyer. Sounds good. Uh, Speculation. Yeah, Look, I, I think we um we jump into the stocks are rising. For for me, we've already touched on a bit. Is Aussie born James Tucker played at the Chiefs, the Blues, and Waikato? Um, didn't play there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't play at the Blues. That's for sure, did he? <laughs> Um, but look, he could be a huge pick for second row this year. I think he's, he's a really quite talented player. Exciting that he can play in that back row as well. Something you'd love to see, you know, second rowers do in, in fantasy footy. So I think his stocks are rising at the Brumbies and hopefully he gets some good time. Do, do we even care about second rowers this year? I mean, I have a look. There's probably like two second rowers and you're like, that's why you care, mate. Because yeah, you're course. trying to get the guy that's going to jump up there. Value-based drafting. Yeah, that's how it works. Get your head out your ass, Cargill. <laughs> We'll have to listen to the uh, the draft podcast next week to uh, get those hot tips. Yeah, that's right. All right, I'll, I'll go the other two rising. So Nick White, obviously, Wallaby's number nine. I think he can run and attack the line really, really well when he wants to. He also plays as a bit of a playmaker as well. So as far as halfbacks go, I think he's going to be a good scorer. The only thing going against him is that Tate McDermott and Jake Gordon are also really good scorers. And Joe Power passes the ball 600 times a game. So they are, they're, they're all going to be competing pretty heavily there. So I don't think it'll make him go early in the draft. And... Noel Alessio, you know, we've mentioned him already. He only played two and a half games in Super Rugby AU last season. One of those was the final coming straight back off the bench, uh, back, straight back from injury, sorry. So he's clearly the first choice. Uh, I expect him to get bigger and better again this year. And if his goal kicking cleans up, then I think he'll be a very solid fantasy mm-hmm. fly half. Yeah, look at 0.52 points um, per minute. He's a pretty exciting prospect there. That puts him above James O'Connor. Um, puts him yeah, right, right up there with everyone except for the likes of Joshua and Richie Moonga. Richie Moonga gets double that. So Huge. No, very good. And I think, yeah, Nick White definitely gets some tackle bus behind him. Um, so he's pretty good value. Stocks are falling. Yeah, who do you reckon is going to have some falling stocks, Craig? Uh, well, look, I see we've written down Caden Neville here. Um, as I've said, I've alluded to, I think Caden Neville could actually see a lot of game time. Just as the season head, he's the biggest body there for sure. Um, and he's been looking pretty fit, so we'll see. But um, do you guys want to – why do you think had Neville stopped at all in that? Honestly, I just think that uh, he's he's getting older. He's he's actually quite an older player now, and I don't think he has nearly the same ceiling in terms of his potential as all the other guys. So every year I believe they're going to keep catching up to him more and more, and I just don't see him being a consistent starter for them for, for the next number of years. So mm. if there's ever going to be a year where we start seeing them come through, I think Darcy Swain is, is due a big season. Tucker's come over as a starter as well, so I think he's got too much pressure there to play consistent game time like he did last year. He's 32 years old. He's 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 getting on, and he was never a huge name. And he and he started his rugby career pretty late. I just, I mean, I, I don't know. There's something about him that he he feels like a you know mix, Mr. Fix it in the locks. If you need someone, put him in. I don't think he's your your solid out and out starter for me, and, and that's what I, I'd be looking for. Fair enough. Any other stocks are falling? Was that we good? 
Uh, that, that's who we have, mate, to be honest. Yeah, I think there's there's not huge amounts of changes for the Brumbies. Look, I, I think if we jump across to the Smokies, Jerome Brown, he got, I think, stuck. Oh, no, he, he had to go to some family things back in New Zealand and then didn't get the chance to come back. And lovely that, you know, as a club, they, they let players go to, to sort some of that stuff out. But he is just an absolutely exciting young, you know, back rower that can cover – Six, seven, eight, I reckon, and uh, so he's got potential to fill fill a spot there for them. And depends with Tom Cusack. Tom Cusack's there, you know, probably first choice seven. Um, they could always shift uh, Pete Sama across there as well. So it just depends on what they want out of that back row. But I mean, here's a guy you're going to see more of this year, and he's just got big wraps on him. Kiwi under twenties player. Um, I think he's going to be ready and raring to go. And I think the other thing is you've got to remember that Tom Cusack could potentially at some point leave to go to the Australian Seven squad for the Olympics. So, you know, he's definitely been around that squad, which just means that there's maybe a little bit more favouring Jerome Brown. And if he's playing consistent minutes, I've got to think he's at least Tom Christie-style consistent points where he just has such a huge work rate. But maybe he's got a bit more upside in the running game as well. Yep. I agree. That, that back row, Valentini, Brown, and uh, Samu, that's pretty sick. I, I had kind of forgotten Brown can also play seven, but reflecting on it, absolutely. So. Yeah, definitely. And what about Len Ikitao of the Smokey? Harry, what do you think about him? Yeah, look, I love calling him a Smokey, but I feel like everyone in the world talks about him for the Brumbies coming through. He made every single one of his tackles through Super Rugby last year in his game time. He's only 22 years of age. He's coming in as the clear heir, heir apparent to uh, Tavita Chuchu. And he was in the Wallabies <clears throat> squad last year for a reason, and that is because they believe that they've got big things destined for him. So I think he's going to be the most likely man to lock in that 13 jersey all year. Um, obviously, Qatar's the only one that could take that away from him. So the Brumbies haven't historically given huge points to their outside centre. I think he's going to have to really make a lot of line breaks to be a consistent fantasy scorer. But, um, you know, Chuchu can do it in his best form. Hopefully we can see sim- something similar from Mikatao. Yeah, look, I think he's a quite a different player to Chuchu as well. And I think there's probably a reason in in this, you know, what we're talking about him coming through, probably a reason why Chuchu's left. I think he's been told maybe he's going to be reducing his minutes if he feels like, you know, wanting to be a starter, he might have to go elsewhere. I, I think Ikatao has some very big wraps. He's got a bit more of a step to him, a bit more agility to him. Um, I, I think a bit more of a, a dynamic player rather than completely run over you and destroy you like um, Karindrani does. So I, I think he's going to be quite exciting. I think like Henry State, Chuchu, was, he's had enough of the Canberra cold and wanted to move over to uh, some nice sunshine in Perth. But um, no, I agree. If you want to see some good highlights from Ikitao, he um, featuring for the Wallabies in those trial games against Argentina last year, uh, had some pretty fantastic performances there, scored some amazing tries. So definitely check that out. But um very good. They'll do the Brumbies. Let's move on to the Rebels. Uh, new faces, Harry. Joe Powell, we've mentioned him already. Steve Cummins has come back from Powell. I think it sounds like it's a like-for-like swap for Matt Phillip, except for the fact that Steve Cummins is no one who's good. Wait, I play with Steve <laughs> Cummins, so that must mean he's good. Is he play for America? No. Is that him? Who's that bloke? No. Um, I know who you're talking about. I forget. All right. Lu- uh, Lu- I was going to say Steve Cummins played with you, Nelson, but, um, you know, it's... 
Fairly. So, Donny, the Jaguares prop in Argentinian reserve prop as well there, the tight head, and Ignacio Calas, who is uh, yes. a big unit, a giant unit at lock, who they've obviously brought in to uh, to plug some holes. And I, I heard Cameron Orr in one of the other podcasts, um, Pick and Drive, I think it was, saying that they, there could be a few big announcements coming and they still have barely any locks in depth. So I think I'm, that's I'm hoping that uh, there's, no. there may be something else. No, I think that's an older pod. And well, I think you it's know, the, the Argies were already mentioned in that pod at the time. That's so true. I'm, I'm hoping there's more. Uh, look, there's other names. Ed Craig coming across on a full contra- time contract from the Reds. He's, he's a high wraps player for a hooker. Uh, Carter Gordon, same thing. They've brought him down as a potential fly half option, and you may see him feature. And then there's a couple of the sevens guys. Lewis Holland, the top ever point scorer for the Australian sevens who can play center or 10. Uh, Lockie Anderson can play center and outside back as well. Uh, could get in there on the starting side, given the lack of outside backs they've got. Throw in Jarrell Skelton. He's quite excited. Carter Gordon, a huge loss um, for the Reds coming across. A good cover for them. In terms of uh, the losses, Craigs, do you want to go through some of those losses? Yeah, sure. Uh, Anna Rangi, who have been great competing with uh, and taking most of the game time from a uh, constantly, perennially injured Jordan Ulisi. Um So he's a big loss, I think. Stolberg, uh, SA Hangana, so their lock stock, basically, that those two and Matt Phillip, um, all gone. Uh, who else do we have? Jermaine's, Jermaine Ainsley, tight head prop. He's been a stalwart for them the last couple of years. Uh, and Samisi Tupo. Yeah, I, for me, I reckon the biggest loss is Matt Phillip. How can you go past him? He's he's a huge loss. Ryan Lowrens, he was he was exciting. He was massive for them when he got his chance last year. And I, I'd love to see him back in Australia. That guy still looks like he's on steroids. Don't go look back in his history. Tom English, stalwart, stalwart for them. He'd, he'd been missed to fix it for a long time. Andrew Kellaway, brilliant in the first part of Super Rugby. You know, faded away in Super Rugby AU a little bit. So he's a bit of a flaky player. But boy, he's talented when he's when you know he's peak. But he's on. Billy Meeks, a, a player that is a beautiful bald man. He's got his own bald T-shirt brand as well. Very exciting. And uh, Andrew Deegan. So they've lost a lot of people there. And pre-COVID, Luke Jones as well. So just more six and, and, and lock depth as well. Hocklinburg, Gideon Hocklinburg. So just every single lock they have other than uh, well, they've got one left, don't they? Um, and and also, I'll throw Angus Cottrell out there as well. I was a big fan of Angus Cottrell. I think. Yeah. Actually, I wasn't that big fan. Best 15, I'll go the forward pack because I'm clearly the most uh, qualified to do that here. Cameron Orr, Jordan Ulisi, Pony Fa'amalsili. I think that is a huge front row for them, and the more minutes they get, the better. Yep. Steve Cummins, mm, I actually am leaning more towards Ignacio Calas just because he's a giant human being. So Steve Cummins, he's over two Yeah, but Cummins is just uh, a bit Trevor Hosea, like I think, set for a big year. Uh, Josh Kemeny, I didn't don't know where I see him. He's slowly winning me over. He's um he's a big work rate player. They obviously really, really <clears throat> liked him last year. So he's only very young. Um, and he has featured in some of the the uh, good uh, under-20 sides as well. So I think he could have another big year as well. Brad Wilkin, Issy Nasserani as well. I'm hoping Nasserani's got his fitness right this year. Look, I, I really think there's a lot of potential in that back row. Brad Wilkin, I think, is a really, really talented back rower. He's just had too many injuries. And I don't know what it is about Kemeny, but he's starting to win me over too. 
He's uh, maybe it's because he's got the rig and the, the look about him. He's just a high work rate player, but hopefully he reminds me of a young Sean McMahon. Maybe not yeah. quite as dominant, but not as dominant, but I, I can see where you're going. He's a mold of that and kind of uh, you know, a Swinton type. Like he's he's a taller, bigger guy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's one hundred and three and one hundred and four kg. So he's a relatively decent sized guy. Um, moving into the backs, Joe Powell shifting across from from the Brumbies to make sure he can start and get some good good minutes in footy. Um, Matt Tamua, I think we've got you know in this, the start of the year we think he'll be their the starting ten with maybe Reese Hodge and Campbell Magna in the centres. There's something missing in that centre pairing for me. They're, they're both quite ex- exciting players, but you know there's there's something missing there for me. I like that big units. I love it. All the defense the defense of that three you just named Tamua Hodge and Magna. That's epic, right there. mate. I, I don't know how much I rate Hodge, who just got run over repetitively for the Wallabies last couple of years <laughs> as a defender. But yes, Matt Tamura is really, really good. And Campbell Magnay had shown glimpses of brilliance a few years ago and is massive. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I think the other two, you might be a little bit too generous in terms of defense. But uh, Marika Korobiti on one wing, super exciting. And hopefully not Tim, Tom Pincus on the other wing. Look, he, he's not a bad player, but he's not going to set the world alight. Um, maybe they've got one of the sevens players coming through, like Louis Holland and uh, Anderson. Anderson, Anderson, sorry, I think, yeah. yeah, Louis Holland would be a wrong position, and uh, Dane Hale Petty at fullback, DHP. Very good. All right. Well, let's that takes us into some key questions. So, um, been holding back on this one, Nels, uh, particularly. I'm sure you're keen for it. Uh, will some of these sevens players get a crack in the match day squad? I think we just kind of. Harped on about this all all last season, just like we're just chuck them in, put the boys in. Um, will it happen this year? Yeah, look, I, there's, there's a few guys that could definitely fill those roles. I, I, I don't know where they sit in their pecking order, but I mean, we've touched on it. Louis Holland, Lockie Anderson, Jarrell Skelton, these guys could be some really dynamic, exciting players for them. You know, they're going to be fit. I mean, Jarrell Skelton's only 21 as well and, and can cover, you know, a couple of positions in the back row. Pretty good stock with Peter Beetham and Will Skelton as his cousins. He's someone I'm excited for. He seems to not necessarily be the first one on the tip of the tongue of, of people when they're mentioning some of these seven players, um, but some people love him as well. So I, I don't know what it is about him, but I, I hope we see him. Again, my biggest problem with these guys is that the Olympics is in the end of July. And... Which is a, a huge... Who knows? Yeah, but look, if, if they take a bare minimum of three months, then they play to the end of Super Rugby AU and then they disappear to condition themselves up. And and you can't tell me that, you know, former captain and top ever point scorer Louis Holland isn't going over for that. No, my, my issue was, is it going to happen? I mean, at the moment, they said it's definitely happening. And, and they also you know, said a week earlier it wasn't. So. Last year, they said that any players from 15s that wanted to spend time in the sevens program and have a chance of making the Olympics needed to spend six months with them, Yeah, which would mean end of Feb, they're gone. So there's no way you're going to give these guys in if they're going to disappear after round three. There, there is a seven side that has been named Aussie seven side recently, and there's a few new players in there and things as well. So... It's really hard to know. I mean, we haven't heard really what these players are doing. And the biggest issue is there's no funding, right? So they're not going to be able to pull them away for as long either. And they're getting most of their money probably from their Super Rugby, playing Super Rugby, right? So to get us back on point, I guess, in terms of position, Skelton, we think, is a back rower. That's where I could cover anything he wants. Uh, Lewis Lewis Holland can play 10. We've probably seen him in the centres, I think. Um, Sorry? Yeah, 10, 12, maybe 13, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and Lockie Anderson probably out there as a winger. 
the reason we've said Tom Pink is, is he's kind of your more out and out winger. Um, and they, they, I think they played him a handful of games last year, but uh, Lobby Anderson would be incredible out there. I think I'd love to see him. Yeah, time. I think he, he's probably a good shout. Hmm. All right, loose forwards. A uh, bit of rotation. There's a lot of battles there. We just mentioned Skelton. Um, Hardwick versus Wilkin, I think. If we all had to pick, we all pick and Wilkin. I think Nelson said he praises him. I'd pick and Wilkin. I, really I, I froth and Wilkin. He'll yeah. be in there. I don't froth and Wilkin, but I pick him over Hardwick. I, I think have, when he's had his chances, he's been pretty brilliant. So yeah. then there's a battle. I was going to say we have Nazarani for sure at eight, and then there's a battle of Kemeny and Wells. So Michael Wells has also been pretty good. Another seventh player as well, actually. Um, mm. but, uh, they seem to be preferring Kemeny. So we'll watch that battle. But it's always good to have some depth in those positions. Uh, Harry, Carter Gordon, CG. Harry, Harry doesn't rate him anywhere near as well as me. I think no, that's not, that's not it. I mean, I just, I just think even when we we breeze past him as losses, Nelson goes, he's a huge loss to the Reds. Well, he's not a huge loss. They got he, James O'Connor and no, Andrew no. Stewart, and he's literally never played a single no, no. minute. So it's not a huge to, loss. To be fair, he's a huge loss because they don't have any developing young tens coming through. He was Amy seen. He's not a developing. Pasatoa's heading back there. I'm telling you. Yeah, they just buy Pasatoa back once his development's done. Look, I think for them, he was seen as the future 10 of the Reds and they didn't want to let him go. I think he is a huge loss. Not because he's going to be the best player in Super Rugby this year, but because they had their stock in him as their future 10. So I, I mean, think it's a big loss. There's a lot to happen until then. I don't think he was ever going to have a big season for the Reds this year with James O'Connor there so. either. So I think you know, the if they can get him back in the next couple of years before Jock leaves, I think it's all good. But my, my thing about um, Carter Gordon was I think people misunderstand a little bit of the, the dealing with him and Pasatoa. In 2019, he was picked above Pasatoa as the main starting 10 for the um, Aussie schoolboys. In 2020, everyone started to froth on Pasatoa a little bit more because he was that leading 10 when they beat New Zealand in, in that tour. But Carter Gordon was injured. So when they've both been competing with each other, Carter Gordon's been the first choice on the majority of the time. So, I mean, both of them are really, really talented. You watch his highlights reel and he's got a turn of pace. He's got a brilliant pass on him. He's got a good step. He's got all the makings to be a really good player. Super young. We put way too much pressure on any of these guys, but he's an exciting player coming through. Hopefully we get to see him have a chance. Very good. Well, that's a lot of hype for Carter Gordon. Um, but that does lead us into our last key question, Reese Hodge. Uh, so speaking of Carter Gordon, if he is playing, uh, then does Reese Hodge play wing? Like we talked about where does Reese Hodge play? What's his best position he's every a, year? Um, his best position is on the special team coming on the kick. No, no, no. Like, look, <laughs> if Tom Pinkers is playing on the right wing, oh, yeah. I would far rather have Reese Hodge playing oh, 100%. wing. 100%. But sadly, he is automatically Mr. Fix-It. Dane Halapetti yeah. hasn't been fit and healthy properly for any extended period of time for a couple of years, so maybe that means he just slots in at fullback and a DHP can sit on the wing and get away from a little bit more of the spotlight as well. Who knows? Maybe, you know, that, that would work for me as well. Um, I, I I think in terms of his best position longer term, they should stick him at inside centre. Yeah. But equally, Matt Tamua can play 10 and 12. You've got Carter Gordon there as well, and you've got Louis Holland. So there's a couple of options in that 10-12 channel which would allow Reese Hodge to slide back to the back. But I feel like every year we have this conversation and you can put him anywhere from 10 to 15. Sadly, you see the complete yeah. out of left field, mate. He played, played 10 for the Wallabies, Reese Hodge. He's playing 10 for the Rebels at Tamua at 12. I don't think so, mate. Really, really. up. 
The, the, yeah, look, it's not a bad option, but the issue is that yes. Matty Tamua wants to play 10 and he's clearly their senior leader. So I don't think you can shift him to 12 to, for a makeshift mm-hmm. 10. Yeah, look, I, I, don't, I still don't think Hodge is a 10. Yes, he was a 10 while we beat the All Blacks, but you have to play a very specific way. And I don't think it's necessarily how they want to play. You can't then, you know, stack other just bigger bodies around him in the centres and other positions. Like, I, I just, I can't see him being 10 for them. Very good. Speaking of, oh, sorry, I was about to move on, but we have one last key question uh, that has been highlighted. Harry, halfback battle. Um, how does that play out? Well, you got Lamani from Fiji. You got Joe Powell coming across, obviously, and Tuttle as well, I, I think, is a yeah, ex-Reds player, had a couple of Achilles ruptures and then kind of got himself back into fighting form at the back end of last season as well. I think he even suffered another little injury at the back end, mm-hmm. but he was another hyped-up young nine that can kick goals and, and do it all as well. So obviously I think Powell's probably the first choice, but Lamani has all the potential in the world, didn't quite take his chance last year when he had it, and Tuttle was going to be fighting for game time. But I don't think it should be a given that Powell's the starting nine all the way through. There's three talented nines there that could all push each other. Yeah, look, I, 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 look, I think Powell's he's a very good player and he's come across probably with discussions of him being their 10. I think that's probably why he's, oh, he's their nine, sorry. But, Probably something that was discussed when he got signed. But, I mean, realistically, there is a lot of competition there for him because... Mate, I don't believe anyone has ever been told you are going to be the... No, I don't, I don't think over. that. But I, I think when you're having signings, they're going, you have, you have a good potential to be our starting nine or we see you as a starting nine or we... Harry, see- if, we if we signed Aaron Smith to any team over here... Uh, when, you, when you sign, that they're parts of the, the contract discussions, whether they see you this year as a starter or as you're fighting it out with a certain person or whatever, they are parts of why you sign at clubs a professional contract in any sport you play. So he, anything, he just backs himself. He'll back himself to be the starting nine. But he didn't back himself at the Brumbies. That's because Nick White's there. I, think, <laughs> exactly. I, I just I want to say, to round out this point, I think that it's it's a firm battle between Lamani and Powell, but I don't have Bobby Tuttle up there in the same category. Mate, probably. I do. I think I, I think, think he's definitely third, but that's just my opinion. I think Tuttle could be their, their bench nine. I think he's a, a very, very talented nine. And when he's had chances in the, the NRC previously, I, I think he showed he... He had potential as a very young player to go into higher honours. The fact he's an amazing goal kicker as well mm. and, and quite a, a, a fast ball player, I think he's, he's got a lot of potential there for them. Um, I, I mean, we really, really like... Um, he's, got to, he's got to get his body right as well. To yeah, his honest. injuries. You know, two Achilles ruptures. It does take a little while to get your power back from that. So I'm hoping that he's at full fitness this year. Yep. If you want a, a half, fantasy halfback that bores you to death, that gets you points because he makes 9,000 passes a game, Joe Powell's your man, basically. But, yeah, but um, if he loses minutes, that's his problem. All of a sudden, his value declines significantly. True. He's not getting those tries or points for that really. I mean, he's got some tries, but very few. So. All right. Stocks are rising. Uh, two players we're very excited about, hoping they both have very big years, both in the Wallabies squad last year. Trevor Hosea, we'll start with him. Um, look, I mean, he's, I forget how old he is, but he's, he came pretty much straight out of the 20s into the Rebels, uh, into the Wallabies last year. And, um, you know, he was put through a program where he, he was originally a little bit lanky, so they put on some size on him. And he just has you know, all the skills, uh, big ball runner, very excited to see. And he's, I think we could say he's got a lock on that position um, all year. And uh, we'll see him in court, so I'm excited about him. 
Yeah, funnily enough, he was only 20 at the start of the international season last year, and still I was thinking that he was a smoky to be on the bench for the Wallabies after one season of Super Rugby AU. I got big raps on him. I think he could be a very, very good player, and he's still going to be developing this year, but surely he's their top lock. Yeah, he's got the size. He's got everything about him. I think, you know, the departure of Matt Phillip means he's going to get now 80 minutes in my eyes a week rather than, you know, 65, which is what he was getting previously. So, you know, another year in, in, in Super Rugby and after some Wallaby squad, I think he's going to have a bigger presence on the field, more time. So I think his stocks are definitely rising. Absolutely. And our second uh, man stocks rising, Pone Fa'almasili. Uh, so... Look, my fantasy team will be complete if I get uh, both Pony and Tupo as my props. I can really move on with my life and be happy. Um, how good is he's just going to get more minutes? Um, his average was 35 minutes. We're hoping that bumps up to around 55 minutes this year. Uh, you know, we'll have, there might might be a little bit of tension there with the signing of Sordoni coming across. So, Argentinian international prop has played for the Aguilares and for Los Pumas for a couple of years. Uh, still a youngster, but. Um, Certainly a serious tight head, but uh, I think Pony's certainly the firm favourite and um, it's it's his jersey to lose, if you will. My, my only doubts about Pony is... They've got they got held up nineteen times, I think it was, over mm. the line last year. And on those goal line dropouts, which will be around again this year, he was the guy that got those meters coming back. And there's so many run meters there for a big prop. So I'm just hoping that he still managed that, to get his hands on the ball enough. Is, is that a doubt? Everyone loved it. Everyone's talking about it. No, no, I'm saying because it. what's the chance of them getting held up over the line nineteen times oh, yeah. in ten games again? Yeah, but I mean, he he put, wasn't <laughs> on. He wasn't on for a lot of those. He was on for some of them. That's the ones we know. So, you know, he gets more minutes. Maybe he's on for a similar amount. And look, we've said it to death, but in case you haven't heard it one more time, this guy, he's played number eight. He's played prop. So he's basically a number eight who they put into prop. He's amazing. Uh, there's the smallest chance ever. No, it's probably 0% chance that we'll actually see him play number eight. But look, if all the back rowers get injured for some reason, Bob's uh, or doning in to start tight head, pony back at number eight. Now we're talking. So that should be good. Nelson, you want to take us through the stocks are falling? Yeah, look, I think there's only one the one main one that stands out for me, Richard Hardwick, Dickie Hardwick. Um, he's 26 year, six years old, came through the pathway in Western Australia, but he was um, born in Namibia. He made Australia at 2000, in 2017. Um, he had so much going for him. I don't, I don't really know why he's faded away. I think he was quite a good player at a, a young age, but... He didn't seem to continue developing through through you know the the handful of years afterwards. I can answer that. It's the Carter Gordon effect. You said so many times that he's the best player ever, and he's going to be God's gift to rugby, uh, and he never was. I mean, my mate, no, I didn't. I thought he was quite a, a good young um, a flanker, but Carter Gordon, mate. No, I don't. Are you, are you saying that Nelson's also could be a great of um, Fraser McBride as well? Nelson's been talking him. I oh, know Fraser McBride is far be, has been somehow because Nelson's given him his blessing. Fraser McBride is probably a Wallabies captain. There's always an exception to the rule, isn't there? There's always an exception. No, he's far Nelson's. above everyone I've talked about. So. Very good. And Harry, have you just added in one more? Um... I just think Frank Lamani. He obviously got some good game time the back end of last year with Ryan Lowry's, uh getting injured. And I don't think he has it all his own this way, our own way this year. And we talked about that already. So I think his stocks are definitely falling. Very good. All right. Well, let's shoot through these Smokies. Um, Steve Cummins, I was going to say, thank you for leading that. But I, I just needed to do that so I could drop that I played with him. But yeah. he's not going to be good fantasy points. Very good. Carter Gordon, we talked a lot about him. But look, Carter Gordon, Lewis Holland, if they see some game time, they both could be really, really good. 
Lewis Holland I'm more excited about. Um, I just want to see the guy get some time. Um, I, I want to see him in the midfield at 12 or 13, um, but we'll have to see with that. No, uh, look, the, the fact that we bracketed these two together was more because Andrew Deegan's gone, so it's how the Rebels finish, uh, how they fix this hole. Does Matt Tamua play 10, in which case I think Louis Holland's probably pretty likely to get some game time if it's not Reese Hodge. And if they shift Tamua to 12, then Carter Gordon is probably the, the favourite to get a few more minutes. So they're, they're both a decent option if you're looking for a long shot late in your draft to try and pick someone up that could be worth some good points. And Very you know, good. I, I have shat on the Carter Gordon hype train a little bit, taking the wheels off it, but I actually think he's a very good young player. I just think he's way too overhyped. And he does kind of look like you, Harry, as well. So you should get the hype. You, you, you hype up Pasatoa, though. Yeah, because you're he's, saying he's, he's better, mate. He's fucking better. Pasatoa's the best. I'll hype him to hell while he's flying looks good. That's the I difference. love Pasatoa. Man, yeah. I, I think they both going to be cool. Um, look, Elekeni Vudogo uh, is an exciting player. He was in the Fijian 7 squad after being, I think he was, um, he won a competition as like the, the top player of the comp uh, for Fiji under 20s. Um, traveled to the Broncos for, for a, a, I think he signed for two years. Um, and then, you know, didn't, he's found his way back into the 15-man code. He's an outside center, but he's got all the skill sets so that he could cover wing which is something that the Rebels need as well. So we might we might still see him there. That's pretty good value if you're a centre and you're playing on the wing as well. So it'll be interesting to see if we get um, get to see him play. Very good. All right. And now we're going to move on to why the listeners are here. Let's talk about the Queensland Reds, the most exciting team in the Aussie Rugby Conference. <clears throat> um, new faces. There's only two I want to mention. You guys can bring more if you want. Suliasi Vunivalu. How good is he going to be? I am pumped. Can't wait to see that. Having him and Dalguna on the wings, unbelievable. And Zane Nongor. So uh, I guess a new face in that he might have been upgraded to a full-time contract because he certainly did play a few games at the end of the last season coming off the bench. Tong and Thor 2.0. Uh, I mean, can you get any better than having a Tong and Thor come on and replace the Tong and Thor? Like, just, no, you can't is the answer to that. So... It's Very like Bowser and baby Bowser. That's it. <laughs> that is literally it. It's fantastic. So that's good. Any 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 other new faces of note worth noting, guys? Uh, the red hype train is is just at full steam ahead all the time at the moment, and I freaking love it. I just they just do it so well. I know. I'm just I just assume that all these players are amazing. But Mac <clears> really, <throat> Josh Flute, we talked about yeah, it. On now. that, if the Waratahs can't sign any players, they should at least sign the media guy for the Reds. Get some hype out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Jesus. Yeah. Kalani Thomas is another. Oh, yeah, there's just so many, so many good ones. He's another young half back there as well. Uh, is it Josh Fluke, Mac Reilly, Yeah, there's big hypes on him as an outside back as well. Ryan Smith is a good young lock, and Lawson Creighton as well. There's just, there's so many players. There's some good guys in their development squads as well. So yeah, they they are very good at hyping up their players. But I think the ones that you mentioned are probably the guys that you'll actually see get on the park a little bit more. Fluke. Fluke could be a chance as well with one injury. You might see him getting some games, but that's about it. Excellent. Nels, the losses. Take us through the losses, please. Mate, oh, there's a few massive ones that, you know, hurt, hurt most people when you talk about it pre-COVID um, or pre, you know, Super Rugby AU due to COVID. That was Harry Hawkins, Isaac Rodder and Isaac Lucas, as well as we saw Henry Spate head offshore at the same time. They're just massive losses. But, I mean, they, they coped pretty well through the back end. The losses that are, are more fitting and the more, you know, important are, you know, Chris Firewise saw Tia, 
he was an awesome fantasy player, an awesome player to cover wing and outside center. I do think, you know, you've got someone to fill that void um, with Suliasu Vunivalu. So sadly, it's he's going offshore, but he's an exciting player and sad to see him leave. Scotty Malulua, uh, he was an option there uh, at halfback. And, you know, I really liked him. He, I, I really liked him, but also I like his, his cover there as well. Halfback was Samoa in the World Cup. And uh, JP Smith. Smith Smith brothers are, are a pretty big loss for them. Yeah, and, and look, a couple of their young props have been so, uh, listed as out of the squad as well, but now they're in the match day squad for the preseason game. So obviously the likes of uh, Jack Straker and David Fayal, they, um, they're all still in and amongst it as well. Yep. Now, another one is Michael Wood. He's, he's head, up, head offshore from them. There's been a lot of hype. Hey. Michael Wood's actually playing for the oh, Bucks. Not sure, sure, sorry. Oh, over the border again. <laughs> over, over the tricky border to New South Wales. Is that a recent signing? Was it? Has that been? Oh, signed? Man, I don't think it's a signing. No, sorry, because yeah, I, I just saw it yesterday in their trial squad tomorrow, and I was like, I Ooh. reckon it's a development contract or something like that. But look, M- Michael Wood, we had big raps on at the start of last season, saying that he could be anything. Now, there's only one really worrying thing about him. He's a, he's a lock slash six. Yeah, he's only 192 centimeters tall. He's far too short to He's be a lock. He's too short to be a six, let alone a lock. So yeah. I think maybe that's that's one of the things holding him back. But I really hope he can he can uh, have a second coming and, and really take his chances at the Waratahs because there's a lot of hype around him as well. Because we need him. Very good. All right, let's get through the best 15. I'll take us through the forwards. Harry Hubert, Hoops, uh, BPA, and Taniela Tupo making your front row. Angus Blythe and Lucan Salakai-Lotto in the locks. Liam Wright, Fraser McWright, and Harry Wilson. What a back row. How good. Very exciting. Yeah, if we go across into the backs, Tady McDermott, God, he's a good, exciting player. So hopefully he gets that that starting jersey in bulk minutes. With James O'Connor, the clear out and out 10, he is matured a lot, and I think he's a very good uh, player in their back line, directs them pretty well. Especially without Carter Gordon there, right? Like, otherwise, he might have had a bit of competition. Yeah, all that hype in the background just would have been a yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. Blow it out of proportion, mate. Well done. And then I think something we would love to see would be Hunter Paisami at 12, Jordan Pattaya at 13. Surely. I mean, to me, that's their, their best. It's the Wallaby pairing. center pairing. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the best center pairing. How can you not do that? With wings, you've got Suliasi, Vunavalu, and Filippo Dalgunu. God, that's exciting. That could be a Wallabies wing pairing as well. Mind you, I really do like Tom Wright, but still, that could be a Wallabies wing pairing. And Jock Campbell at fullback, who I think he had an awesome season last year, and I'd, lo- I'd love to see him keep developing. And, and I would just say, um, going right back to the start of that team as well, we mentioned we we have Harry Hooper down as the loose head. Mm. Um, there's been some talk about what a massive loss J.P. Smith is. And don't get me wrong, I, I think he's a very good player for That's them. But Harry Hooper has been coming through for a couple of yeah. years. I think we've all talked about him as a very talented player. And he was definitely the second choice through the back half of last season as well. Fayal Fatuika is the other one. He's a big unit and has the ability to do some good things as well. But I just can't see how Hooper couldn't be the starting prop this year. Yeah, great. absolutely. It gets around the point. I think the last few seasons, the three of us have tried to bag him in our fantasy team when we can. But um, yeah, he just he does a lot of work around the park apart from being good at set pace. So he's, he's, he's pretty small. His problem is he looks tiny. He is tiny. Sure, he's gotten bigger. I don't think he's that small to be honest. But um, 
I think I, he's just not a bulky. I mean, he's standing next to Zane Nongor and Taniela Tupo and Fael Fatuika. So, I mean, Taniela Tupo's thighs, it's twice the size of any other prop. So, we can't He's tall. He's 191. I knew he was tall. That is pretty tall for a prop, but 116 kgs. He's not bad. He just doesn't look it. That's true. Anyway, let's move on. Key questions. Who is the backup 10? Are we back to Hamish Stewart, who firmly had been playing at 12? Uh, or is it seasoned veteran Bryce Hegarty? Harry? Uh, I think it depends how they use them. I think it's probably Bryce Hegarty sitting on the bench and has the ability to come on to give James O'Connor a break. Um, but if Hamish Stewart is starting, then I could say, or if, if it's pre-game, James O'Connor's out, I think they'd probably start Hamish Stewart. <clears throat> Look, uh, yeah, we, we just talked about what we want our centre pairing to be. So, to you know, realistically, Hamish Stewart might get a few cracks at that 12 jersey. But these two are probably going to be fighting it out for a bench spot. Both cover a couple positions. So it really depends who they think they're going to need to cover. I think Bryce Maybe. struggled to get any game time last year as well. I was going to say, we could well see both of them on the bench because uh, Bryce can play fullback, Jock Campbell can move to wing, Hamish Stewart centre, um, you know, Paisami yeah. or Pattaya can play either centre position. Or wing. Um, uh, yeah, or wing. So it's pretty versatile. But uh, yeah, look, they've really liked Hamish Stewart and what he's been building to. And look, he's, he's I think he's won a few of us over as well, uh, playing in the 12 position. He's been getting better and better there. But uh Paisami and Pattaya can't really go past that. So. Yeah, he won the over as an inside centre, but... You yeah. know what? I, I could see Brad Thorne starting Hamish Stewart and Paisami as his centres to start the year, just until Pattaya pulls his head in a little bit and stops playing such low low percentage plays yeah. all the time. That's, that's Stop fair. talking smack about Pattaya. Okay? He is the man. He's the best. That, that's fair. And he might even go, let's make Vinavalu earn it for game one and put him on the bench with Pattaya mm. out on the wing and... Then Vunavalu comes on and looks like a god, and they hey, start him. Just look at a photo of Vunavalu. He's starting on the wing, game one. Okay, it's happening. By the end of the year, he is. Maybe by round two. No, but- no, 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 no. Game one, mate. Vunavalu is starting on the wing. I promise you. Uh, very good. All right, that'll take us on to question number two. Uh, wow, what a relevant next question, mate. <laughs> How quickly will Suliasi Vunavalu take to start on the wing. What a segue. Game one. He will start at game one. Sorry, did we not say that? Look, I, I, I could see him starting game one. Uh, it sounds like he's found his feet back in rugby union pretty quickly. Um, look, I, I think Tong and um, Tong and Thor. Uh, Thor Tong and Thor on the wing. Oh, Tong and Thor started on the wing, whatever. Brad, Brad Thorne, I think, is a man that works on respect and hard work and effort. And I, I just think he might make him earn it. And maybe it's one week, maybe it's two weeks before he's starting. But I could really see him being made to earn it while he's finding his feet, see if he does any of those silly, you know, lead convert mistakes um, that you, you tend to see him do. But by all, all reports, he's found his feet back in rugby and he seems like a rugby player that was playing league, not vice versa. Round three, he starts. I think that's pretty fair. He's the ultimate human being, mate. Brad Thorne. Mate, I can still say this. I could, mate, athletic 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 prowess. All right, we'll move on. Question Before four. we go back to no. seeing Alex Murphy sharing more minutes with BPA or has BPA got it all his own way now that he's the starting Wallabies hooker? I think if you look at the last three years, BPA started one year, then Murphy, then BPA. So it's Murphy's year. <laughs> <laughs> well, Murphy was injured a lot of last year. Apparently, struggled with some ha- ha- hammy and calf tear issues. And uh, from what I remember, yeah. Uh, also, absolutely lightning. Apparently, their quickest forward in a sprint. So, 
I wouldn't be surprised to just see them splitting game time, taking it as like a, a, a test international test squad. Just oh, um, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna share game time. Sure, it just comes down to who can throw a straight line out, doesn't it? I think it I think it hurts them both. You know, maybe that's quite a negative for BPA in, in my eyes. Yeah. Very good. And our final question: Will their playing style result in success in both Super Rugby AU and Ball? Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How can we possibly have this question? This is basically our dessert. Uh, mate, I, I don't know. Nah, spoilers. Look, the, the difference. Spoilers. We'll come back to it. No, no. My my main idea for this question was that they play hard and loose and fast and loose. You know, it, it's going to suit probably, you know, the, the Aussie Super Conference more than I think it will against New Zealand, who play a, a lot of their teams play a similar style. So will it translate into trans-Tasman? I'm not saying will they come first or second in uh, the Aussie Aussie comp, but... Mate, I'm with Harry now. You're getting fast and loose and you're spoiling dessert. We'll, we'll get to it there. That question is basically, can they get Bunavali the ball enough? And we'll move <laughs> on. Stocks are rising. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Bataille, I'm glad to see you've got him here. His stocks only go one way. They are the GameStop, the Dogecoin baby. They only go up. He is, and they start up really high as well, actually. So they, they start up at like Berkshire Hathaway and they keep going up, all right? He is unbelievable. I'm going to get better. Can't wait. Pick him first. What? Mate, so for, for me... Um, Last year, he had the third points per minute with Chris Fawai-Sortia above him, who is no longer there, and someone he actually shared some game time with, and Nani Laumape as the clear leader. So, I mean, he is going to be in the top couple. He's, he's going to be a top couple centre. I think he is going to be awesome this year. He could be the top centre. I feel like he'll probably get injured, sadly. If he starts on the wing, if he starts on the wing, we call him a centre or an outside back. I think he's a centre. I mean, he, he's a center. Kagi? He's a center. He's the wall of his center. He's, he's an outside center. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. And it's the same thing We if, if you're a winger. Let me, let me just center. get back to you. I'm going to check my fantasy team and what position I need him in. Uh, yeah, we, we, we generally will play, if, if you're flipping the coin between those two, he's going to be a center. Fraser Very good. Stocks are rising. Oh, yeah. All right. I've had my little... Like, Nelson, I'll let you have yours. Fraser McBride, mate. His stocks are certainly on the way up. How do, how do you feel about him? Mate, it, it's not the only thing on the way up, I can tell you that. He's, um, he is an awesome player. He served his apprenticeship last year. He's going to start every week at that open side flanker jersey. Let's say, theoretically, Michael Hooper gets stuck in Japan because of the COVID outbreak. Can't get back to Australia for the test season. <laughs> Just Fraser McBride, start for the Wallabies as captain. <laughs> I was I was actually expecting you guys to just the COVID outbreak not getting back aside. I would assume you guys would just claim that. You'd claim no, that look, I, I, you'll see I, I can't, Fraser McBride and Lachlan Boshier starting in the seven jerseys. The, only the only chance we've got of that is if Hooper doesn't get a plenty games as his Japanese comp keeps getting pushed back, and they are they they share minutes between them. But this is the year for him to to stamp his name in into the future of the Wallabies. I don't think he's going to be a starter by the end of the year, but he's uh, this is the time he's going to he's going to rise. He should a Wallabies start. starter by the end of the year. Definitely yeah. red star. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Uh, and look, stocks are falling. We've got Hamish Stewart. We've already discussed this enough, I think. But basically, Brad Thorne loves him. So be prepared, be prepared for us to be completely wrong on this one. <laughs> but um, we just don't see how we can possibly get enough game time when you've got the two Wallaby centers at 12 and 13 that should be pushing him I out don't know the bench. Oh, no, they're good. their back row's too good. He could play flanker. <laughs> Who are you dropping, mate? The captain, no. Liam Ryan? <laughs> Definitely no one. 
Very good. Um, All right, excellent. Well, let's move on then to some Smokies. I've already talked a lot about both of these players, actually. Uh, so Alex Mark, you'll focus on him. We've just talked about the rotating back and forth. It kind of, I, I feel like in the last few years, on average, it had seemed like Murphy had come out on top. I yep. think you can say that. Um, in, in 2019, for sure. 2018, no. 2020 was so disrupted. I think they, they had, he, he, he got games off the bench a lot of the time, but was that? He was injured. No, not Super Rugby. The start of Super Rugby, before Super Rugby AU, he had some games. And I think he might have had a start or two, but was on the bench as well. So, but I don't know if he was carrying injuries right through the season or, or what it was. But to me, it looks like Pangamos is, you know, slightly edging him. But I wouldn't be surprised if that. Does, does it make a difference that BPA is just coming off a, you know, pretty much the starter for the Wallabies? Does that does that make a difference here, or do we think Brad Thorne just doesn't? Care I don't think Brad what he's got with both these players. I agree. I don't think Brad Thorne cares because I think that's what was happening when Alex Murphy kind of overtook him. Yep. BPA had played game time for the Wallabies the year before as well. Yep. Excellent. And the other smoker you've got down here is Suliasi Funivalu. I haven't mentioned his name yet. If you haven't heard of him, uh, I don't know why he's in here as a smoky because he's a blue chip stock. Starting game one, <laughs> top scorer. Let's do it, baby. He's right up there. Very good. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the Waratahs, the greatest team franchise in ever. I'll start us with the new faces and I'll start with someone that's got me excited and that's Isaiah Parise. Not Parisi, like they spelled it wrong with New South Wales uh, Twitter and everything like that. It ends in an E, not an I, guys. Um, he is a super exciting player. If you didn't see, they spelled his name wrong in the team sheet. Is that, are you sure it wasn't you that spelled his name wrong? No, no, but I'm saying it ends in an E, not an I. They spelled it with an I. Oh, really? Yeah, they spelled his name wrong. And the team list, the, the official team list that they had, it was oh, spelt wrong. Nice. Um, he is super exciting. Wing slash center. I think we're going to see him deployed more at outside center. And I think he's a very solid defend, defender as well. Solid on both sides of the of the ball. So he's a very exciting one coming across from some struggles in recent years. Um, lit up the Reds before heading across to the Broncos. Had a bit of an issue there. And then Bayonne. Uh, Bayon, 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 and Move then uh, not getting much time there before heading back. Other ones are Sam Caird and Jack Wetton, the locks that we've decided to get from New Zealand rather than sign any Aussies. But look, I, I think they're going to be some positives for us as well as we have signed one Aussie, Sam Wikes. But I mean, he doesn't excite me other than he's experienced. Um, he's got some luscious big hair as well, which looks has, good in all the, the back of. Has he ever excited anyone? Uh, let's be honest. His haircut, maybe. Um, but yeah, like, the, would, would I pick him above Rob Simmons? Yes. But apart from that, no. You know what I mean? I, th- I think he was a bit of a character uh, in the, the force, but I don't think he really lit the world alight. But he seems like a, a good, like decent footy player, a lovely guy. But for me, I, I don't think he's got it above Caird or Wetton. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get some starts as a mature, experienced player. I'm then. definitely most excited about Wetton. I think um, he's he has the potential to be really good for us. Had a really good season for the Highlanders last year. Yeah. yeah. The other ones are Alaficio Tatola, who's a, a loose head prop. Dave Perecki has pretty much been confirmed. He he. We didn't know if he was in and around the squad or what was happening, but he's named to play um, tomorrow as their starting hooker. Um, which is generally means he's probably going to be on the bench round one. It should be uh, Jack Grant, um, Henry Robertson, and Tane Edmund, the redhead flyer, fly half coming in. I think he's he's got some potential as well. And Tane Edmund raises a big point that everyone's asking, which is what the hell happened to Ben Donaldson? 
Ben Donaldson, I thought, was really good in his few chances he got last year. He can play 10 and 15. Um, is apparently still, I think, listed in the squad, but isn't playing in their preseason trial tomorrow. So, yeah. not really sure what's happening there. I think there's a lot of speculation. Who knows? He could have an eagle. It could be anything else. You know, it yeah. sounds like he's... I, I, you've got to assume he's in the squad. He's a, a talented young player coming through. Yeah. Very good. Let's move on to the losses. And uh, we have Damien Fitzpatrick, who retired after... Was it last year? Was it, it was 2019 where he had a really good season and kind of was hoping he was he was in with a the Wallabies conversation for a little bit after years and years of being injured and he could throw a straight line out. So he had a chance at that Wallabies jersey. Yeah, yeah. you're right. 2019 for sure. Curly Beal, big loss. He's gone over to racing '92. Uh, can't really replace him, but um, very good. And Mac Mason. So poor Mac never really got the shot. That uh, all the time that he needed just kind of sat there was uh, a little bit sad. But um, yeah, no, I would just say the guys that you're listening, mate, they all again they left before Super Rugby AU started. So the the Waratahs have already had a bit of time to try and replace those people. So mm-hmm. I, you know, they're listed in the Waratahs outgoing players, but realistically, they didn't play that whole second half of the year. So boys, there's a long list. We we could take half an hour here. So let's rattle through some of it. Michael Hooper, Carmichael Hunt, Tom Robertson, Ned Hannigan, Rob Simmons, Jed Holloway. Uh, Tom Staniforth, Cam Clark, they're the ones Pat I thought Tarver. were really worth mentioning. Um, anyone else that you might actually have seen play, uh, Mitch Short was a good young nine. Michael McDonald, we had big raps on as well. So there, there's a couple of others there, but a, a whole lot of experience gone from the Waratahs. And considering that the Waratahs, there was a lot of noise coming out from the senior players, apparently not adopting this free-flowing attacking style that Rob Penny wanted to play, I think... Uh, we may see a young team that really embraces this style of gameplay. I think it's certainly the youngest team, aren't they? I think average age of 23. So, Well, the, the Western Force have more international caps per average starter than the Waratahs have super rugby caps. Classic. That's quite, quite scary. But look, I, again, I think they, they're going to be a young team who I think will mould better you know, with a year experience under this new playing style. And, and hopefully they'll, you know, we'll, we'll see them building like we saw the Reds in the last few years. All right, best 15. I'm going to do the front five and then we'll move on. So uh, Angus Bell, Tommy Horton, Harry Johnson, Holmes, they pick themselves. Excited about them. It's a good front row right there. Angus Bell to have a tremendous year. Uh, and then in the locks, we just talked about it, kind of either Sam Wikes or Sam Caird, Caird, Caird. Um, and Jack Wedden is the lock there for sure. He's got a lock on lock. Nels, do you want to take us through the back row? I will, mate. Um, I am excited by some of these players. I think it's a, it's quite a good back row, despite the loss of you know Captain Courageous Hooper, who makes a thousand tackles a match. But Carlo Tizano, for me, is the favourite to take that jersey. You've also got Gamble there. But for me, I think Tizano's more than likely the man in my eyes. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's the other way around. Lockie Swinton, he broke into the Wallaby squad and, you know, definitely does a job. He's a very exciting player, works very, very hard, will benefit from penalties being worth less this year. And uh, Jack Dempsey, who I I think came into his own again by the back end of last season and and was really unlucky to not make that Wallaby squad um, last chance, I reckon, this year. So it's quite a good back row for me. In the halves, you've got Jake Gordon and Will Harrison. We know these two. Jake Gordon's, you know, the new new captain, Will Harrison, I think is is very close to a, a Wallabies debut. Um, for me, almost on par with Lollisio, the difference is this, the team around him. Yep. 
Uh, and in the centres, I think Joey Walton didn't set the world alight last year, but showed enough that he should be given a lot of game time this year. And he's obviously a young player with a lot of raps. Got a hoof on Isaiah him. Parisi, absolutely. Uh, we've mentioned already at the outside centre channel. And then that leaves Mark Nawanganitawasi, James Ram and Jack Maddox as a really exciting back three. Now we are doing the same bias thing we always do and completely, completely leaving out Alex Newsom, despite him being the vice captain last year. Um, realistically, I think Nwanganitawasi is the least likely to start out of that side and yeah. Alex Newsom could be in his spot. We're just praying that he's learned how to defend because we want him jumping over Vunavalu to score cross-kick uh, tries on the wing. Yeah, look, I, think, I think with Newsom, we'd seen him kind of that they firm him up as a 13. So uh, I, I agree. I think we, we all would like to leave Newsom out of our starting team, but I think we'll find it in it one way or another. Um, and I think he's most likely to start at 13, even with Parisi. So I think... Um, yeah, look, I, I think, for me, I think Parisi is going to be the starter, the definite starter out of those three, whether he's at outside center or wing. You know, he's got an all-round game, and we're going to need it. Wasi has some weaknesses. Um, so, I mean, if, if he slots in to, to wing, then sure, we might see Newsom at outside centre, and that's where he's playing tomorrow night in the trial. So, I mean, that's that might well be what we see game one, um, Parise on the wing and, and Newsom at outside centre. But hopefully, Nwanganiwasi can, can earn himself that start. And is, is, there any, is there any chance at all of Tepa Moroa in the 12? I, look, I think there is. Um, there's... There, the, they obviously see something in him. Uh, we were going to touch on a little bit later. Um, but look, I, I think there's, he, he's a talented player. He was a dominant under 20s player and he's taken some time to find his feet back in rugby. And hopefully we see it this year. But it is possible that you could have Tepai Morella at 12, Joey Walton 13, Isaiah Parisi out in the wing as well. You know, like there, there are a lot of options. I think the only two that we're pretty confident on in, out of that back five is James Rem and Jack Maddox. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty All right, let's get into the questions. Uh, the back row and the Tars without Michael Cooper. Look, Nelson's talked about Tizano or Gamble. That battle there will be uh, pretty fierce. I think Tizano is the is the go. I agree with you, Nelson. Uh, he's more what we want from a seven. He's uh, old, mate. Gamble's come through the New Zealand system, 24, a little bit more experience. When you've got an ultra-young team, I just feel like maybe a bit of experience might weigh a little bit heavier than uh, than what we're expecting. Yeah, look, that's a fair point. Um, a fair point, but he's also – Gamble spent a few years in a bit of an abyss. He played subbies rugby, then worked his way through a shoot shield team. So, yeah, he's a couple more years older, but he's also not got that much more development in terms of professional coaching there. So I, well, I, I'd be, to be honest, I'd be happy to say either of them. Uh, I'm just I think they're both solid. I think we've seen more of Tizano last year. He got more of the chance in trials and, and had his name down a couple more times on that that side. So that's one of the main reasons I'm leaning towards him. Well, who scored more fantasy points? I feel like that's how we should really make this decision. <laughs> well, I'll look up Tizano. And, and rounding out the back row, we've got so kind of like we've got four pretty solid back rowers for six and eight. We've got obviously Swinton and Dempsey, we think, starting. And then we've got the backup of uh, Hugh Sinclair and uh, Will Harris, who another player we're really excited to see. Uh, for ours, I think Will Harris, we'd love to see him on the bench. can come on at six or eight. Yeah. Um, he just need, The guy just needs a shot. We were I, want, I want Dempsey at seven and Will Harris yeah. at eight. But you, you can <laughs> definitely put Dempsey in at seven. He yeah. is on the ball hard enough. 
And, you know, mind you, he had a great year at eight last year. He was awesome at eight. Let's I was going to say, Dempsey, I think it was only a year or two ago, he was, you know, man of the match in a Bledisloe series. Uh, back into the year, he was similar last year. Yeah, yeah. So very good. All right, moving on, uh, Harry. Well, we, we touched on Nwangani Tawase's defence um, and the lack no, thereof. No. Uh, I, for one, can forgive that because... Uh, look, in the guys in the man's debut, he scored two tries against the Crusaders. How good! Fashion, get him on. I want to see that attacking prowess. Um, I don't know. I mean, we look. This question always comes back to Alex Newsom. Can he just go to the bench, please? But yeah, um, we'll discuss that one. Let's keep going. Let's move on. All right, Donaldson, uh, five eight. Uh, well, we've talked about him as well. Um, what do we think? Well, he was, he's always been in a bit of, of a battle with his good mate, Will Harrison. So uh, I really hope we get to see more of him. Tane Edmonds, obviously, big raps as well. Um, but my gut feeling is if at most we'll see kind of bench time for him. The Warrantiles have this habit, like, for example, with Mac Mason, of just never playing the number two. It's just number one, all the minutes. Uh, I, I think it was a little bit different last year. He got, he got a bit of a chance. He did. And, and Will Harrison, you know, there's a lot of talk about him being a, a, a long-term potential future Wallaby prospect as well. So good to see him get some game time um, behind Will Harrison. Tane Edmund, a little bit fresher coming through. It's his first year in the system as a, a professional player, but also a really exciting player coming through. All right. And last key question, I guess, kind of more of a sentiment or whatever, but um, it does feel like the Waratahs are kind of in a similar position to the Reds at the start of last year. So the youngest team... 2019, yeah. 2019 even yeah so youngest team building a lot of young exciting players uh, trying to put together a new game plan will they follow a similar fate uh, or can they make faster improvements how, how do we think the Waratahs can iterate without talking rankings I think they'll make faster improvements uh, I, I think Brad Thorne in his earlier years was great at getting the Reds into a good headspace and physically prep but didn't quite have the same depth that Rob Penny has, I believe, in terms of how they play the game. And it's more that when Rob Th- uh, when Thorne had the right support staff and he now has some excellent assistant coaches, that's when we've seen that next level being taken by the Reds. Most sides have their best year in the second year of a new coach. That's when teams really hit their straps. You know, that's when the Checker era won their their uh, their championship, for example. Rule doesn't apply to the Crusaders who win everything. Um, so I, I don't think this will be the Waratahs' best year considering the turnover they've had, but I am expecting them to actually play better footy than they did last year. And I think this year we can certainly, we can judge Rob Penny. You know, last year was a, was a freebie, uh, but he's certainly, it's easy to get. He's touted as a very good coach. Um, so... Let's see what he can get out of the tie. It should be good. All right, stocks are rising. Let's do a player each. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to shotgun Angus Bell. How good, Belly Boy. They've got a few nicknames for him. Insider Trading Bell, Daddy's Boy Bell. You know, a few of them, they're, they're great. Um, he's 20 years old. He's going to be the most capped Wallabies prop of all time when he's done, <laughs> if he doesn't get injured. Um, he's just so good. He literally, I've said it a million times, he's Mr. Incredible. I've never seen anyone built that way. Uh, we don't know how he runs through contact and players just, he just doesn't go down. He just keeps his post contact meters are like Sean McMahon. He's unbelievable. He's good in the scrum. Huge year from him starting every game. Tom Robertson's gone. All right. I've said enough about him. I'm excited. Nels, who you got? Oh, mate, look, I'll jump over to the next one. That excites me. I already talked to him about him. Isaiah Farise. He's just super exciting for me. He's got fantasy footy written all over the bloke. I saw this guy a few years ago bump three players off 
in a one meter square. Like he didn't move to bump the last two blokes off. He was standing still. People were sprinting at him and he's still bumping them off. The, this guy uh, has fantasy footing written all over him. I'm excited. Hopefully we get to see him start from round one. But the Dave Rennie line comes to mind there uh, about Dow Gurnell. He said uh, he can beat you in a phone booth. So that's um, similar. Of, uh, I think about Parise, he can step as well, but he's a small man and he can run over you almost as well as... He's um, got to be dense. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's, hard to, it's easy to get how good he was in his debut season for the Reds. He was pretty buddy. He's compacted Naira Voro, but he can actually defend. Yeah. Like, right, let's not let's not start drawing comparisons to Naira Voro. They, they play they played the NRC together, played every single match. Let's, and let's not draw any comparisons to Naira. Because yeah, then that just means that Naira Voro didn't get enough pill. It's because they were all defending Naira Voro. Rams, that's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, Harry, round us out. Uh, I, I'm going to say Jack Wetton because I think he'll play every minute and I think he's got a big work rate on him and the Waratahs need him to play that role. So in a position where there's not a lot of depth in Super Rugby AU especially, he could be a pretty solid mid-pick for uh, Locke. But I would just say, caveat, I think the entire back line for the Waratahs could be up for a bit of a stock rise this year because... The Waratahs are clearly trying to play a very physical game from their forward pack and a fast, open attacking game plan flat to the line in attack. If they can start to get that physicality right in their forward pack, I think they can play really good, exciting footy. And even though they might not win every game, I think they'll be scoring a lot of fantasy points. I agree. Very good. And I think that rule applies to everyone except our next bloke. We're going to go to stocks are falling. The only back who, from our very biased view, will not benefit, Alex Newsom. Yeah, but... Um, I'm not going to talk. Certainly a leadership role, but he just is not better than anyone else there. That's that's mine. Yeah. I don't I don't think we'll talk too much about him. Um, yeah. But the next one we're going to talk about is Tom Horton. Ah, um, Tom, why Tom is he in stocks of falling then? I don't agree with this. Why is he in stocks of falling? Look, I I think the only reason is like I think he's a potential wallaby. He's just a bit too small. But the the one thing for me is the question mark looming over Dave Parecki. Does he take some minutes off him? How does this work? We don't we don't have any clue what Parecki's going to do. You can assume Horton will start and get most minutes, and that's what I'm hoping for and assuming, but we just don't know. And that question mark, for me, if you're going to go pick one of them, it it, it just puts a little bit of doubt in there. Um, Robbie Abel's still there as well. So And they've got a young Joey Cotton come through. He's a bit too far off. I found out, apparently, rumours are that last year, Robbie Abel was getting paid more by Gordon than he was by the Waratahs to play. So oh. I don't think... He- <laughs> I don't think he's going to be playing too many minutes for uh, for the Waratahs this year. No, I, look, I think they've brought Parecki in as a That's potential, a, a potential, you know, at least a match day 23. I've heard a few other pods riding him off, but, you know, there, there's potential that he could be a starter from time to time. And even if he does it a couple of times, you know, it's a big negative for Horton. Look, I, uh, I've seen right through your plan here, Nelson. We had too many players in stocks are rising. You just wanted to talk about Tommy Horton and putting him back in the stocks are rising. Mate, he's going to play bulk minutes and get even better this year. I can't wait to see Tommy Horton. He's he a type of hooker that we like, I think, for the task. I so. agree. I agree. All right, Smokies. Um, Harry, who you got? Will Harris. Huge number eight. We talked about him a lot in last year's podcast. So if you do listen to us, you're probably familiar with him. I think if he gets consistent game time, he'll be very, very good. There's obviously a few hurdles in the way for that to happen, but he's probably an injury to one of the, you know, the starting six or eight to actually get that game time consistently. So it's not out of the question. Or, or let's be honest, if Lockie Swinton just gets a red card and is out for the season, Will Harris is straight in there. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. 
True. Very good. Uh, another Smokey. Nels, well, Smokey, we talked about him, Gamble, Tizano. Yeah, look, I mean, we, we talked about Carl, uh, Gamble and Tizano. So whoever gets that starting jersey, they're both work rate players and, you know, it could be all right fantasy players. But, look, I'm, I'm going to touch on Sam Caird. 202 centimetres, 116 kgs. Uh, a former junior AB was in the blue squad, but didn't get a chance last year. He He's just a big body and he could be a physical player that, you know, the Tars would like to see. I, I don't think there's a lot of competition in, in Wikes. So he, he might get some game time and, you know, high work rate, bigger body. They might use him as a bit of a battering ram as well. In the... Can Will Harris play lock? I think he, they've d- discussed him. He, I think he has played some lock. The issue is I don't think he's necessarily to the same height. If he gets them, if he gets him on the field, I'm all for it. Don't care. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, he is 194 centimeters. So probably not. But um, Michael Wood, who's a lot. <laughs> all right. Well, I will go with Tepai Morella. Uh, I'm excited right. by him. Look, to be honest, he's who I want to see at 12. Um, if I have to pick my 12 for the Rotars, I want to see him. He's certainly we've commented he's trimmed down an awful lot from last year. He's looking in tippity-top shape, and I'm very excited to watch him in the trial game tomorrow night. Um, he's just a big unit, runs hard lines, uh, and that's what I want to see. Look, I think he was so dominant at schoolboy level and as a centre and, you know, had, had a lot of skills, but I just think for him last year it was a bit too soon coming in. He was, he was too big. He got sort of stepped and made to look like a bit of a fool. He is looking fit. So I think it could be a good year for him. I don't think he'll be someone who starts from round one all the way through. He may be, but he could be a good guy. You can swoop in and get, you know, a couple of rounds in. Fantastic. All right, let's move on. The Western Force. There's, the, look, there's a lot of new faces. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to rattle them off. We're just going to nail them out. Almost, and we talk about them. the whole team. It's almost the whole team. But look, <laughs> Santiago Madrano, Tom Robertson, some awesome props coming through. Ryan McCauley, Tim Anstey, you might get to see them play. Locke, Tom, Thomas Lazana, Thomas Kubeli. Uh, I always said Kubeshi because Craig's trying to butcher it. Um, that exciting Argentinians coming through. Jake McIntyre thought he was coming across for the 10 jersey, but Domingo Miotti swooped in to take it off him is my prediction. Davida Kurandrani coming across from the Brumbies. Tony Pulu and Rob Kearney all the way over from Leinster. Um, there's a few other names there. Michael McDonald, who's, you know, been uh, came through their pathways, also an Irish player. Or Excellent Irish. losses. The only ones we care about. Henry Stowers, what a beast. Loved him. Um, no, otherwise, I've lost, lost Heath Tessman, Jonah Placid, and Nick Frisby. Uh, and they were very close to signing, but never quite nailed down. Julian Montoya. Apparently, uh, it was because his missus couldn't get a visa. Yep. True. Give her a visa. Just break up with her. <laughs> or he just got heaps more money going over to Luke. It's a less. Yeah, he must be worth a fair bit. Yeah. Yes. All right. Best 15. Uh, I think this is, there's probably some speculation. Well, actually, no, look, let's go through it. All right. Uh, I'll go through the. I reckon we've got this. Okay. I'll go through the top, the front five. Tom Robertson picks himself, uh, Andrew Reddy, and Santiago Medrano throwing him in there. We will give props to. Uh, Wagner, I forget his first name, but he was very good in the tight head last year. And he's awesome. It's but Medrano is a starter for the Tunis. He's going in there. Uh, second row is Jeremy Thrush and, uh, well, Ryan McCauley, probably because there's no other locks. So, I mean, yeah. I mean that's, maybe Fergus Lee Warner. 
Yeah, yeah look, that's that's the where the question mark is probably there. Locks, Fergus Lee Warner could definitely fill in there, and Tim Amstey could fill in as a blind well, side. Fergus Lee Warner's definitely starting. We know that. So. Yeah, no, he is. He's going to be six or lock. Yeah. But if he fills in at lock, you could probably see Tim Anstey or someone else come into that back row. All right, now let's finish that back row up for us. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got, at the moment, Fergus Lee Warner down at six. Thomas Lazana coming across. He can be quite an exciting player for them. And Brian Brian Thunder. So, a lot of work rate in that back row. And then the combination between Thomas Kubeli and Domingo Miotti. For me, those two could be a really exciting pairing for them. And I think playing together, you know, they've already got a bit of that. It's too irresistible, isn't it? Having them, it is. Uh, play together, you know what I mean? Let's not forget Ian Pryor, John O'Lance. It started all of yeah. last year. Prior. Captain Ian Pryor. <laughs> and, yeah, and Jake McIntyre coming back as well. So there is a lot of competition there. How they load it, yeah. I mean, John O'Lance uh, after I that. I agree. Obviously, it's the um, it's the first choice there. Yeah, um, surely. In the centres, we've gone with Kyle Godwin and Tavita Kurandrani. Um, there again, there's other options, but they're the most obvious starters to us. Tony Pulu, if he's fit and healthy, which we believe he should be, um, should be a starting winger. Surely not too old to uh, get selected for the force, given how they select. And Byron Ralston is probably their top choice outside back from last year. Um, Rob Kearney is coming over. He is getting on in age now. How old is Kearney? Oh, like he's, uh, he's definitely in his 30, 36 30. or something. Oh, he's not. I don't think he's that old. I think he's not far off it though. Yeah, world class though. One of the best fullbacks of the yeah. last decade. Yeah, I, I I have a little bit of doubts about him in terms of age. He's thirty four, as Harry said. I, I have a little bit of doubt about how much he's going to ignite this back line. But he's definitely experienced his class. I reckon he's there to communicate and organise. He, he could be a DHP, I think, for them. Excellent. You know, solid. No, solid, and you know, do some really good things, but. You know, I don't think he's going to look necessarily like a world-class. Yeah, and I mean, the guys to keep an eye on as well, Tim Anstey, Kane Kateka, McIntyre, Kahui, can't forget him. Old um, McGregor, Ron, Tafu. You know, they've got a lot of guys that they've, they've rotated through in the past. That It'll be interesting to see how they, they use them all, but I think we've probably gone with what's the most obvious big-name signings. Yeah, Jack McGregor, uh, sorry, Jack McGregor was uh, who we were most excited about last year. He was, I thought he was really good, but... Uh, Tim Anstey, I'm most, the most excited about seeing him play. I want to see him get some time. Oh, you know that Aussie Sevens player will be very good. So, All right, key questions. Uh, cohesion above all else. Yeah, so this is my question because everyone's talking up how well the force are going to go. I know they've brought in four or five Argentinian players, but that doesn't give you cohesion. They have the worst cohesion. Benny Darwin got asked how what's it going to be like compared to the other side, and he said they're going to be horrendous, but everyone else is also pretty bad. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still thinking that it's going to take them too long to get themselves organised in a very short season, and you throw on top of that the fact that there's now a little mini outbreak of COVID over in Western Australia. They might find themselves without a home again. So and they also it's, it's going to be a tough they, ask. They might find themselves without a trial. It looks yeah. like they're not, they're not going to have a trial. It's a brand-new squad. The season's short. How I mean, they're well, going to. It's already been pushed from Friday to Tuesday. Their, their trial with the Brumbies, yeah. So they they could really struggle with cohesion. And for me, I think that is single handedly the reason why they they won't be in the top couple teams at the very least. Spoilers. I'm going to go with the second our second key question. Uh, that that reason is certainly one cohesion, and number two is that they didn't sign Julian Montoya. He would have been huge uh, for this team. He is 
an incredible, incredibly good hooker. Uh, would have been very valuable, particularly packing down with Medrano as well in that front row. And you had Tom Robertson, who I feel like would scrum with anyone. Formidable front row, that. so um, that's going to be very unfortunate. But look, they do have Andrew Reddy and Folletti tied too. And Andrew Reddy was certainly proving us all wrong uh, towards the end of last year. He was playing very well, but um, yeah. Yeah, that's it, right? Like it, it, it's a definite step down, but Reddy's got some class about him as well. I really hope he can continue to grow. He's, he's a very uh, promising hooker as well, still pretty young. Stocks are rising. I've got Thomas Lozana. He's he has been up there in the loose forwards in the past when he was playing for the Jaguares. Has sometimes struggled to get game time over there. So I think in a team where he should be a senior leader and playing big big minutes, he has the ability to score a lot of points. My only worry is that maybe in terms of fantasy, he's scoring has dropped a little bit. He's scoring right in the last couple of years, but it's the kind of side where he should be making a lot of runs and a lot of tackles. So I've got high hopes for him. There's a couple high work rate players around him as well, but he's also filling a role. Um, who did we say? Henry Stowers. Henry Stowers yeah. left who, you know, it was utilised for a lot of runs. So he, he could hopefully fill that void. Well, that's if you think about <clears throat> Fergus Lee Warner, Stowers and Standard, like they, they use those three massively to try and get them over the game line. So Lazada been used in that role as well. Maybe not the exact same kind of mould of player, but it should mean that he has plenty of opportunity to score. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Robertson, definite stocks are rising. It should be the starting uh, prop, you'd think. You know, Waratah's starter, Wallaby's starter, just a good uh, loose head prop. And he scores well in fantasy. Uh, he makes loads of tackles. He just gets gets on his, with his work. Um, and, yeah, so a, a prop that's going to start all the time, fantastic. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go across to the stocks are falling. I think I can touch on both of these. We've already touched on it already. John O'Lance, look, he might have dropped to the second or even the third choice fly half, which is is pretty rough for him. Um, he's not a bad player on the on the bench, covering a few sort of positions and very experienced. Ian Pryor as well, another guy you've got to feel for with Thomas Cobelli coming in. But Thomas Cobelli's combination with Miotti, and he's a better player. Look, I just I, I think for those two, they're going to struggle to get many minutes. And the smoky Tony Pulley. I think if we had to pick one, um, absolute gun. You know, Chiefs winger didn't really get to play much for the Brumbies, but um, type of guy, give him the ball, see what he can do. What do they say? Fastest man in New Zealand rugby. Not sure if that's still the same, but um, well, it's not because he's in Australia. <laughs> fastest man in Australia? No, God, yeah. it's, uh, no, it's not. Byron Ralston's yeah, pretty quick. So. No, I bet they'll be having a lot of races. Byron Ralston and Tony Pulley. They'll be trying to claim that title. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Very good. All right, that'll do us with the force and the main course, and that means it's time for... God, what's a God do with that? Deserto. Dance floor. Uh, nice, Harry. Oh. Um, I've still got it right now because of that, Kagi. <laughs> Come on, mate. Can you just not butcher it? Too bad. Um, are we, is dessert still brought to us by 15 Gelato? Are we still getting no, some No, 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 not, but I have got a hot take that we've got a new and apparently better product coming from the uh, inventor of 15 Gelato. So good things to come for that. Is it, is it more ice cream or food-related? Can it be ice cream or food-related? It is food-related, yeah. Well, it's definitely going to be food-related, mate. Big fan of that. Good. Um, all right, dessert. We're going to talk about the Aussie Conference rankings. This has obviously been a very short and quick podcast, so we'll make it a very short and quick dessert. No, but seriously. Uh, 2020. Let's go through it. What did we pick the rankings? What what was it? It it ended up being the Brumbies in number one, followed by the Reds, the Waratahs, Rebels, and the Force bringing us in at, in the last place. 
We, we all pre- said the yeah. exact same thing. I, I don't think year. we need to go much into it. And we threw the Sunwolves in there because it was pre, you know. Yeah. Pre- Excellent. Very exciting. All right. Well, uh, now I guess let's move on to the 2021. Hold on. What do we say, mate? We said Brumbies, Waratahs, Reds, Rebels, Sunwolves. So I think it's pretty obvious that we had our blue colour glasses on. Yep. No, <laughs> but that's when they had Beal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could we can base it all on that. Fair enough. So we uh, we horrible as well. <laughs> Pre breakup, <laughs> they were horrible. They were so much better than Super Rugby AU. That's true. Um, we should have known better, but um, alas, you you have to go with what the heart wants. All right, let's go on. First argue for this year or twenty twenty one predictions. I'm going to pick in the no. Um, I'm going to pick the Reds to win Super Rugby oh. AU. The hype train, Vunivalu, top fantasy scorer in uh, Super Rugby AU. Uh, I'm going to go the Reds, then the Brumbies, then the Waratahs, then the Rebels, and then the Force to bring it home. Mate, I'm, I'm going to really mix it up from there. I think the Reds are going to win. Nice. I think they've, they've, they've strengthened their team far more than the Brumbies, and the Brumbies have had some pretty big losses. So I think the Reds, Brumbies, when I started this, I've changed these next two about 10 times, and I could be accused of being a, too much of a Waratahs fan. But the Waratahs really strengthened for the back end of last year. I think there's some big changes at the Rebels. I just feel like they're, they've peaked, didn't make the finals pre-COVID. They've scraped in last year with the same amount of wins as the Tars. I think the Tars are going to be a bit better this year. I think the Rebels will be a bit worse. So the Tars will probably scrape into third, Rebels fourth, and sadly fourth, fifth, the fourth to come fifth. I almost had them fourth, but in front of the Rebels, but the cohesion factor for me in a short season is just too much. I've been racking my brain myself as to why the Brumbies can beat the Reds this year, and I just I keep convincing myself out of it. So I'm going to go Reds first. The Reds only won one game away from home last year, and that oh, was... Sorry, guys, I forgot to say it's unique. You have to pick a unique order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gold, so they played one, they won one away game last year in the Gold Coast against, against the Western the Force. Force. So clearly still a home game, didn't win any others. So I just don't think they can be worse than that away from home, and that should put them in top spot. A Queensland home final should be enough to get it to them when they beat the uh, Brumbies. <laughs> Look, they so Reds and Brumbies one and two. I'm actually going to go the Rebels in three. I know they've oh. lost Matt Phillips. You're just trying to be different now. That's all that is. No, he said no. it beforehand, and I almost listened. Yeah, to him. look, Matt, my mind. The, the Rebels didn't play any home games last year, and they were still three from eight. I think it was. So I, I think with an away record like that, if they can actually make Melbourne a little bit of a mini, no, I think it's three of a um of a fortress. I actually think that'll probably be enough to sneak them in probably a, a reasonable oh, yeah. amount behind the Brumbies and the Reds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, I'm going to go Waratahs four and Sunwolves five. And by Sunwolves, I mean Western force. And uh, mm-hmm. I know that that's definitely all of us with blue colored glasses on, but I just think that the Waratahs genuinely will play really good footy this year. I'm, I'm quite excited to see it. And I'm not copying this whole, uh, you can just buy a team of, elderly players and then hopefully win the competition. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. You look at French footy and things like that, they try to buy teams all the time. It generally doesn't work. It generally doesn't work in short term. You know, if you can keep those guys together for a number of years, sure, there's potential there. But a lot of these Waratahs players have come through playing together in recent years, and, and for me, that's an exciting thing. Excellent. Also, the Rebels won four last year. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and I think we... We, I don't know if we did or didn't um, chuck it out in there, but we did have a listener question 
about the Reds. What was it? It was from, I was going to say, it wouldn't be a podcast without a question from How Mitch did you Evans. Put this down? I thought you put this down. I believe you were meant to write in the notes, but uh, what was Mitch Evans' question about the Reds? It wasn't Mitch Evans, mate. You, you really butchered this. You had one job. Oh, who was it? Uh, I think it was Adam Wakefield, wasn't it? It was. It was Adam Wakefield. Okay, another all-time listener. But look, can you can you uh, can yeah, you mate, he, he asks, where yeah. is Tate McDermott and Tupo going to go in the draft? Pretty high. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Nelson picks uh, Tate in. I don't know why. I just assume Nelson's going to get last pick um, and picks Tate McDermott in um, in a. All, all that's guaranteed is whatever position Nelson picks is going to be said to be the worst position that you can pick from. No, because third's the every... best. <laughs> third's the best, then second, then right, first. We'll see. we'll see when you pick third. So yeah. I, I reckon I'll give an answer, unlike Kagi. Tate McDermott, I think, will probably go in the back end of the first round, start of the second round. So I reckon pick like eight to ten. I agree. Um, and I reckon Taniella Tupo is probably going to go earlier than he should in like the fourth round. Who's going to pick him? Uh, probably not Kagi because someone will get in there just to spite him. <clears throat> yeah, look, I, I think Harry's probably on point there. I, I, I do think Taniel Tupo, I reckon third, fourth round. You said fourth, fifth? Fourth. Yeah. Um, he's just so exciting. You know, that, that boosts him up if you, you want to get him early because he can be so dynamic and, and such a dominant player at times. The thing that makes him less appealing, though, is the likes of Alan Alatoa, Angus Bell, Ofatunga Farsi. You know, there are a few other props around there. Yeah, exactly. I've got the potential to kind of score similar kind of points. Well, I mean, he scored 60-odd in a, a game, a, a 50 and a bunch of 40s. His big issue was he had a lot of penalties against him. Which is less of an issue this year. Which is less of an issue this year. So it, that in itself slightly bumps him up. But still, he's up there with the top handful props. He's not definitely going to be the best top prop. So, I mean, Craig's will pick him too early in probably third round. You've got to pick what the heart wants, mate. You've got to pick what the heart wants. Um, excellent. And uh, look, a final thought, I guess. Did we, who did, I think we've talked about this before, but who do we think uh, might get into Super Rugby Trans Tasman and can they go all the way? Yeah, I think we all agree that the Brumbies and Reds will be the top two sides in one order or another. Um, so th- those are the two teams that we think can compete in Super Rugby uh, Trans-Tasman. I genuinely believe that both of those sides could give most of the Crusaders... Not the Crusaders. but the Crusaders a run, basically. Yeah, so I, I think... Or I, I really hope that one of those two teams makes the final. Obviously, their favourite is the Crusaders, and I'd say second favourite still probably the Blues... But in third and fourth place, I think probably the Brumbies and Reds. So we'll see what happens. But more than likely, it'll be the Crusaders versus the Blues in the final because they're playing Australian teams all the way through. Yeah, look, I, I think Crusaders undoubtedly will be in the top. I, I do think an Aussie team could scrape in to come second just because no one else has to, none of the Kiwis have to verse the Crusaders. That is really, really handy. But the Brumbies versus Crusaders in New Zealand. I think that's it's good. Not the Reds, do No, nope, the Reds play them in Queensland. Unless that's the. Um, now it's round two. They're playing in Queensland. So Reds don't lose in, in Queensland, but you're probably going to lose against the Crusaders. You'd want to waste that match in New Zealand rather than in your home. Mate, the Crusaders have never you know, played. The, Aussie side. the Crusaders have never played against Suliasi Vunibali, though. So, um, Mate, I'm going to say Brumbies, even though the Reds are going to win Super Rugby AU, Brumbies versus Crusaders in the final. I'd love to see an Aussie team. Please get an Aussie team. Excellent. I think we're all in agreement for that. 
and we're getting very excited, starting to do some fantasy preparations. And part of that will be a uh, draft podcast next week sometime. Sorry, we haven't been consistent with when we're recording. It's uh, we've all been busy, but um, yeah, it should be good. Mate, final thoughts. Can you please control your family? They've been walking into the room. The <laughs> missus has been <laughs> dragging them out over and over again in the background on video. How good. Yeah. If you want to see what he's talking about, you'll have to check it out on YouTube. And, All right. Uh, Thanks, guys. Like and subscribe. Right. Peace.